You should be eternally grateful that God is merciful, compassionate, and loving. You should also be very careful to never take Him or His blessings for granted. When people reject God's Word, ignore His appeals for repentance, and excuse their sins, that guarantees spiritual disaster. You can't live however you please and expect God to bless you. This lesson is called Breaking the Heart of God. Now, as we've been studying through the prophecy of Hosea, we have discovered, as one author put it, that the nation Israel had not only broken the law of God, they had broken the heart of God. But let me tell you, even even though they've broken God's heart, as it were, in the closing chapters of this book, Hosea reminded them of God's deep compassion and love for his people. Now, we're here in chapter 11, and chapter 11 touches on some familiar themes in this book and in the prophetic writings, frankly, as as a whole. This chapter speaks of God's compassion, Israel's sin and punishment, the need for repentance, and the hope God gives for their future. See, the Lord's loving compassion is highlighted. And it's going to be highlighted right here from the start, here in chapter 11 and verse 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Well, in other words, God reminds them that when the nation was was still in its infancy, he delivered them from Egypt, called his son, his little boy, out of Egypt. Well, now the Lord pictures his care of Israel like that of a father teaching his son how to walk. Verse 3 says, I took them up by their arms. Verse 4 tells us he's, he's like a farmer to Israel, tending his animals. I bent down to them and fed them, God says. Now, the problem here is that God's love isn't appreciated. The nation has turned a deaf ear toward God's invitation. Back here in verse 2, Hosea says, the more they were called, the more they went away. They kept burning offerings to idols. Now, because the nation rejected the Lord in favor of these false gods, their punishment is inevitable. The Lord announces here in verse 5, Assyria shall be their king. Well, in spite of that warning, verse 7 says, they are bent on turning away from me. See, Israel is like a, like a prodigal child who responds to the loving pleas of his parents to come home with increasing stubbornness. Yet in spite of that, I I, I want you to just note this wonderful response from the Lord here in verse 8. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. (laughs) People who say that The God of the Old Testament is cruel and vindictive. Well, let me tell you, they're not reading the Old Testament. This here is the heart of God, the broken heart of God speaking. He's saying he must punish Israel, and yet he recoils at the thought of having to do it. He's heartbroken that they are determined to, to spurn his warnings and turn away 
from him. Listen, God is holy. Sin must be judged. But God is also loving and compassionate. His desire is for people to repent and follow him because he knows, just as countless believers know, and I sure do know it, that repentance and confession to the Lord brings fulfillment and joy and satisfaction in this life and in the life to come with the Lord one day in heaven. God isn't eager here to to pour out his wrath on people. He's eager to forgive. So here in this prophecy, we find warnings of coming judgment, but along with those warnings, we also find this invitation, the hope of, of being forgiven. Listen, beloved, you can always tell who's whispering in your ear. If it's your fallen nature or, or perhaps Satan, well, then you're given no hope at all as a sinner, are you? But if it's the Spirit of God, you're going to be reminded that even though you're a sinner, you can also be forgiven. You can have eternal life through God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, now, chapter 11 has served as an overview and as a preview of what we find now in chapters 12 through 14. And in these last three chapters of Hosea, the themes of chapter 11 are going to be repeated. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be expanded. Now, we need to understand this about chapter 12 as it begins. It's basically an indictment, not only of Israel, but also of Judah. Judah is going to be punished as well because of their rebellion, verse 2 tells us. Jacob is the ancestor of the Israelites, both those living in the north, that's called Israel or Ephraim, and those in the south, that's Judah. Well, you may remember, as we studied his life back in Genesis, that Jacob was a deceiver early in his life. Verse 4 here in Hosea, in his prophecy, reminds us of what happened back there in Genesis chapter 32. He strove with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He met God at Bethel. Well, this historical illustration is a reminder that when Jacob turned to the Lord and wept in repentance, the result was great blessing. So this becomes the appeal now to both Judah and Israel. Though separated, they are all descending from Jacob. So Hosea says here in verse 6, So you, by the help of your God, return. Hold fast to love and justice and wait continually for your God. In other words, start acting like your forefather, Jacob. Follow in his footsteps of repentance. Well, sadly, uh, this isn't going to happen. Ephraim, or Israel, responds here in verse 8, I am rich. I have found wealth for myself, and in all my labors they cannot find in me iniquity or sin. Hmm. I've never sinned. This sounds exactly like some people I've talked to over the years. Look, look at everything I've got in my life. That's proof I'm not a sinner. Well, the trouble is they're hiding their head in the sand. Hosea chapter 13 describes the coming judgment of God upon the nation of Israel. And here, Ephraim, the most prominent tribe in the northern kingdom, is is personally addressed. Uh, But we must understand that in this book, Ephraim is the name Hosea uses for the entire nation of Israel and Judah. Ephraim's idolatry 
which even included human sacrifice, well, that's going to bring God's judgment. We're told here in verse 3 that Ephraim will be like the dew that goes early away, like the chaff that swirls from the threshing floor. In other words, now you see that chaff, and now you don't. This generation is going to disappear from the earth like the wind carrying the chaff away. Uh, Frankly, the horror for Israel is going to be uh, unimaginable as the brutal Assyrian soldiers invade the land. Verse 16 says, They shall fall by the sword. Their little ones shall be dashed in pieces and their pregnant women ripped open. The warnings and descriptions of coming judgment are now followed by another invitation to repent here in chapter 14. This is the final chapter, and it opens with this call from the Lord. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with you words and return to the Lord and say to him, take away all our iniquity. Let me tell you, this is what true repentance looks like turning to the Lord, confessing sin, and with your words, clearly asking for forgiveness. Well, this current generation isn't going to do that, sadly enough, but the promise of God stands. Uh, This promise is going to be realized, by the way, by that future repentant generation of Israelites. And the Lord says of them here in verse 4, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely. Verse 7, they shall flourish like the grain, they shall blossom like the vine. You know, that's true for any generation, any person that repents. It's true for you and for me. No matter how far you've strayed from God, you know, he still waits with open arms to forgive you, to set you back on your feet as you walk with him. You may need to do that right now. Well, with that, we come to the end of this little prophecy of Hosea. He closes with another powerful invitation that I think just sort of sums up the entire message to this nation, but also it's a, it's a message and invitation to you and me to this very day. He says here in the very last verse of chapter 14, whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. In other words, do you want to escape the suffering and frustration that sin brings into your life? Do you want to avoid breaking God's heart and yours as well? Well, here you go, the book of Hosea. Be wise and discerning. Accept this invitation today. Choose to walk in wisdom and know that you're heading in the right direction. As Hosea says here, the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them. Well, this is true for Hosea, and it can be true for me, and it can be true for you. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey in a lesson he called Breaking the Heart of God. When we come back next time, we'll begin the book of Joel. 
Be sure and join us for that. Stephen has a free resource for you. Has it ever occurred to you that every time Jesus attended a funeral, he entirely interrupted what was happening? Every time Jesus went to a funeral, the dead came back to life. The clear teaching of the New Testament is that Jesus has power over death. That truth has implications for you because Jesus offers you his resurrection power. That's the title of Stephen's free resource, Resurrection Power. You'll find it right now at wisdomonline.org forward slash resurrection. That's wisdomonline.org forward slash resurrection. Please get your copy today. Then join us back here next time as we continue traveling through God's word on the wisdom journey. 